Welcome to the Impactful Leadership Show. I'm your host, Greg McDonough. John Lennon once said, a dream you dream alone is only a dream. A dream you dream together is reality. Join me as we connect dreams to reality by chatting with innovators from around Washington, DC. Our show is proudly sponsored by the DC chapter of the Entrepreneurs Organization. This is the Impactful Leadership Show. Awesome. Well, welcome to the Impactful Leadership Show. My name is Greg McDonough. I'm the CEO of Blackburn Capital Advisors. Today's guest is Jim Giannini. Welcome, Jim. Hey, Greg. Appreciate being here. Absolutely. Uh, Jim is a recognized innovator of design and implementing some of the most sophisticated communications outreach programs that are still in existence today. He's got over 30 years of operating and client engagement expertise in all phases of company life cycles. An incredible entrepreneur who's led two successful startups from inception to acquisition, and he's the president of Veritas Solutions. It's great to have you today, Jim. Thank you, Greg. Yeah. So uh, we like to focus on leadership on our podcast, and so we jump into the, the nitty-gritty questions. Um, you know, over your experience, Jim, I'd love to hear some misconceptions that you have uh, uh, you've seen around leadership and entrepreneurship. Yeah, it's, I think it's a, it's a great area of focus. Um, three things come to mind when I hear that question. Hiring, the hiring of quality people, um, our, our focus on client success, and the focus on tactical execution are sort of the three things that pop right to mind. And I can dive into each, each of those. If, That'd be great. That sounds great. So there's a, you know, there's a very popular saying about you know, just hire great people and get out of their way. And I can appreciate the sentiment um, there, but I believe that we need to do a lot better than just, you know, quote unquote, get out of their way. I think leadership really needs to be focusing on creating an environment where um, our teams thrive, both personally and professionally. We've got to make our job about, all about making their job easier, removing barriers, supporting their growth, and really embodying the mission, vision, values of the company that, that we're building. Related to that is, is our drive to do great client work. And of course, you gotta do great client work or you're in real trouble, no doubt about it. But I think the how we get there often gets confused. Uh, mm -hmm. If you hire the right people, and I love the, the, the leadership book by um, Lynchoni, where he talks about hiring hungry, humble, and smart. Um, if we're doing that and we're focusing on those people, on their satisfaction, they're gonna drive better client results than if you do that in reverse. So happy clients are born out of happy teams. It's not the other way around. And the, the, the last area that I mentioned, the tactical execution, um, I think there's a real tendency for leaders to sacrifice the, the strategic for, tact, for the tactical. Uh, I, I read a survey, uh, they did a survey of 10,000 corporate leaders. 97% of them will tell you that being strategic is the most important leadership behavior to their organization. 96% of them, will also say that they lack the time to be strategic. And I find that tension to be really, really interesting. Um, you know, I don't believe that lack of time is, is the problem or should be the focus of the problem. I mean, being blunt, we all get the same amount of time. <laughs> it's about priority setting, it's about discipline, and it's also about allowing yourself the, the space to be strategic. We are, as entrepreneurs in particular, we're so heads down, grinding 99% of our day away you know, at the computer, and we do not allow ourselves the space to get up and go for a walk, forget about work for 15 minutes. And in those moments are typically when we have our best ideas to actually be strategic. That's right. That's right. And it comes to mind, um, you know, what's important versus what's urgent. 
and we tend to spend a lot of time on what we think is urgent and ignore the important aspects of our business and life and lifestyle. Um, Jim, I'd love to he, expand into those those three points a little bit deeper. Um, any experience you have from the businesses that you're supporting now through your consulting service or the businesses that you've run that you've you've seen a pivot um, in those aspects, like uh, you know, creating an environment for your employees to be successful. Have Have you been in a situation in which that wasn't the case, and then a light bulb went on, and you made some some detailed tactical changes, um, or you recommended some certain changes? I'd, I'd love to explore into sort of the the experiences you've had or seen related to each of those. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I spend a lot of time in in that space that you just described. And it is really remarkable to watch how an organization changes for the better when we approach our, especially our senior team, you know, when we approach them from the aspect of, um, I don't work, they don't work for me, I work for them. So when someone asks you how many people report to you, like in my previous job, I had 160 people, folks that rolled up to me. If you ask me how many people work for me, I would say I work for 160 people. Mm. And and when when you can make that pivot, and I mean legitimately make that pivot in the way you approach the, the job of leadership, it makes a tremendous, tremendous difference. Um, and the other thing I think that I see a lot of is, is allowing yourself to be transparent with, especially with that senior team and kind of giving them a, a seat at the table. And oftentimes as leaders, you know, we are running the business, vision for the business, um, and where we're trying to go is locked in our head. And, and we assume that our team feels the same way about it, sees the same thing and is, and is moving in that direction. And, and that's, not a, that's not a safe assumption. And when you can bring them to the table and give them a voice in what's happening and have strategic conversations with them, because the day-to-day -day is always going to, as you were saying, the, the, it's, it's the urgent, right? And so we, right. We, will, we, we will absolutely pull meetings together to talk about the 400 things we've got to get done today and tomorrow we're going to have that same meeting and, and see how many of the 400 we got done. Um, the, the, the thing that we don't do is spend that kind of time on our strategic approach to the business and what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. The biggest thing I just came off of uh, at the end of last year was, of course, the annual strategic meeting. And clients love to do a November, December, hey, let's reflect on how the year went. Let's talk about how next year is going to go. And I think it's absolutely critical. The shift that I see that makes a huge difference is when they don't wait 11 months to do it again, but they're mm. meeting every week, every two weeks and just keep that momentum going. And are they looking out on a rolling 12 month basis or are they just checking in to what their priorities or what they, their goals were for the following 12 months. So you're, let's say you're meeting in December, you reviewed 2021, you're planning out 2022. When you're revisiting that in March, are you looking March to March? So it's a rolling looking forward. Or are you trying to capture the last nine months of, of this year? I think from a finance perspective, I, I love that 12 month rolling. Mm -hmm. um, but, but when we're talking about sort of goals, goal setting and, and hitting our goals, the, again, super important for us to say, hey, what do we want to accomplish next year? 2022, these are the big things we want to do. As important is breaking that down into very, very, very small chunks. Of what can we do in the next, pick your time frame, two weeks, four weeks, 
to advance the ball in that direction. Sure. And let's measure against that versus setting, you know, the easy answer is like, you know, this is our, this is our top line revenue goal for 2022. And halfway through the year, we might look at it and say, boy, how are we doing? I'd much rather be two weeks into the year and have some, some smaller uh, bullet points on what are the things we need to do to move toward that revenue goal um, and, 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 and follow it through that way. So we're, so it's always, always top of mind. That's awesome. So I suspect when you started your first business, this wasn't your mindset. And so I'd be curious, and maybe it was, and if it wasn't, tell me that, tell me so, and we can go on to the next question. But if it wasn't, what changed in your, in your life cycle of that first business as you started it from startup to having, you know, these strategic thoughts, making more time in your day, your week for strategic thinking versus tactical execution? Is there a moment in time in that first business that the light bulb went on and you said, hey, I'm, I'm focused on the wrong areas or like something, something happened? I'm just I'm digging in. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I think that, um, you know, when, when I first started out, it was, it was so, fi- you know, financially, we were financially focused and the success of a business was purely about you know, are we, are we making money to A, survive and B, drop money to the bottom line so we can all get paid? <laughs> and, and look, that's survival and survival is important, clearly. <laughs> so so I, I'm not saying that those shouldn't be areas of focus. Um, but, the more, you know, this is true in life, right? The more experience you get, the more mistakes you make, quite honestly, uh, the more you go through trial and error and you sort of say, well, you know, this, this worked over here. Can I make it work again? Um, but being very open-minded to trying new things and trying different things. And, and again, sort of seeing what works and what doesn't. And you wake up one day and, and you're, you know, a 50-year-old with having run a couple of companies and, and done a couple of startups and helped some other folks with theirs. And you sort of look back and, 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 and now I can look back at the experiences and say, these are the things that didn't work. And these are the things that mm-hmm. did work and try to apply that experience you know, to help to helping others is really that's certainly what Veritas is all about. Um, the other thing I would have to I have to give a lot of credit to was we sold um, DDC Public Affairs to Omnicom. It's probably been six or seven years ago, but Omnicom had a really really great program. They ran through Babson College. It's taught by the Harvard Business School, um, and I and I, it was it was really professionally speaking life changing for me. Um, mm. To be able to take a step back and really dive into the the research that the unbelievable amount of research and that is available uh, in terms of running businesses and and motivating teams and what works and what doesn't work and I just I I pour myself into those kinds of that kind of research and those kinds of books uh, because there's just a lot of wisdom there. Got it. And was that a, a program at Babson? It was. It was a two-year program where they selected leaders from within the Omnicom family across the globe. And we came together for four or five days. Um, it was a you know, very intensive program and you're just going case study by case study. Um, and, and the case studies themselves are incredibly helpful, but being in a room you know, of, I don't know, probably 50 or 60 corporate leaders from all over the globe with all sorts of different backgrounds and being able to immerse yourself for you know, sort of 24 seven for four or five days and share experiences and challenges you're having in the business um, was it was it was really really remarkable. It sounds and, awesome. And, and it, it's something I, I definitely credit 
a, a lot of, of starting Veritas. Sure. Because of it. Have you come up across any other organizations that are similar or provide that kind of support for the business owner, entrepreneur? Uh, well, I have to give a shout out to EODC for sure. Um, it is, uh, you know, it's it's of this, you know, it's sort of that same feeling of getting really, you know, getting people with a lot of experience who are smart in the same room and just sharing experiences. Mm-hmm. And, and not, not, you know, the answer is never, you, you know, do this. <laughs> the answer is, let me, let me share what happened when, you know, when I faced a similar problem. And it is, as I'm, and I know you know, it's a remarkable way to go about having conversations and, and sort of having light bulbs go on and, and really learning from one another. Sure, sure. So you, you mentioned uh, your business, Veritas Solutions. Um, give me a sense of what your ideal client, client engagement is. Let's, let's allow you to blow your horn a little bit. So, you know, what's, what's the perfect match for you? Absolutely. Um, I am really focused on getting it, it, either entrepreneurs or senior leadership, sort of helping them fulfill whatever it is that their vision for their for their business is. And sometimes, what what you know, when when I get a, approached by an ideal client, sometimes there's a big barrier that's standing in the way, and so like we get into problem solving mode. Other times they see an opportunity and want to sort of seize the moment and sort of say like, how do we go about seizing this opportunity and building out that strategic plan. And for me, as important, rolling up my sleeves and getting engaged in the, in the execution of that strategic plan is, is really, it's not work for me. It is such a labor of love. Um, I just, I just really, really enjoy it. Um, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's helping those folks fulfill what again? What it, whatever their vision was when they started, and kind of helping them, helping helping them down that path, is 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 what I'm what I'm all about. Right. And any any size, any industry, it, it tends to be more around the 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 mindfulness of the. I spent my career, Greg, in, in public affairs, and so it's you know I, I I definitely have a ton of experience in the public affairs and communication space. What I really love about Veritas, it has unfolded for me in the last three years, is that no matter what industry you're in, no matter what your specialty is, there is still the business of running the business. Mm. And, and that is what I'm focused on. And if we go back to something I talked about earlier, right? I'm, I'm working with a lot of strategic leaders who are immersed in the tactical day-to-day and they know that there's a need for that strategic focus. And that's something that I can help deliver for them is, is to sort of say, bring in an outside expert. My only job, my job is not going to be to tactically help you execute your day-to-day to-do list clients. I'm only going to be focused on the business of the business and, and I'm going to do my best to, to steal some of your time, some of your focus and give you the space to, to sort of let me help you on that journey. Certainly, you know, as, as a fellow business owner, um, you know, I get inundated with systems and EOS and do this today and Mondays are Mondays. And I suspect you've seen it all, right? All the books, all the processes, all the systems, whoever thinks theirs is the best. Um, do you have any top favorites or any recommendations to when, when being inundated with those opportunities of, of implementing a, a sort of a, a huddle system or you name it, um, anything come to the top for you? You're right. There's so many of them. And, and I'm a little bit different than I think a lot of folks where, you know, 
I, I think there's a ton of great advice out there. And I think some people get caught up in reading 25 different books on the best organizational system rather than just picking one and following it. Um, right? And so um, you, you, you've, I also really believe like you have to find what works for you. And you know, there, are, there are things that you can change about how you approach your day-to-day. -day, and there are also just, there are just things about you that make you uniquely you, which probably is why you are a successful entrepreneur because you have something that you know really well. And like, let's lean into that and, and work, with, work with that instead of trying to get you so far outside of your comfort zone that it's going to be really painful. And quite honestly, whether it's six months or two years from now, you're gonna kind of fall back into old habits. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know if that was a non-answer to your question, but <laughs> but but I I'm not a I'm not an overly processed person. Like I don't it, I'm I'm not a rigid, highly organized individual. Um, and because again, I sort of believe in that. Like I think you got to give yourself some 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 space to um to, to to allow for the creative to enter into everything that we're doing. Sure, sure. Yeah, and I heard you say, you know, pick something and and stick with it, right? One of our challenges in the entrepreneurial community is every different week, every month, there's a new idea, there's a new squirrel, there's a new shiny penny, and we just want to pick it up and, and play with it. Um, it's, it's true. But you, you know what I do, Greg, is like, it's funny, because I think, I mean, I devour these kinds of books, I just love them. And, you know, all of the different strategy books and business books. And I don't think I've ever read one where there wasn't at least two or three really great concepts or great ideas. I've, I've read some where it was like sort of cover to cover. I'm like, this is brilliant. But out of every one of them, I just try to pick what, you know, I pick out two or three things. And I'm like, wow, I can really use this and put it into practice mm -hmm. either for myself or for one of my clients. And, you know, and then now it's just, I, I'm just gathering a, I guess I'm building a, a library of, hey, you know, when I see something that you might be struggling with, with your business, I can say, Greg, like, you know what? I've got three things over here that I think you could use. Um, rather than being the person that shows up teaching one approach, one, you know, sort of one style. And my answer to everything would be, well, this is the only answer I have. <laughs> sure. Sure. I'm curious, what, what are you reading now? What's the book on the, on the coffee table? Uh, at the moment, it's the four agreements. And I, we didn't, I, I didn't plan this, but I have it literally right next to me. Um, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz, uh, the four agreements uh, was actually recommended to me by a client. I'm helping helping do a, a branding project with a client. And um, we've, we've kind of, speaking of great books, like the, uh, the Brand Story book uh, is a phenomenal way uh, for clients to really hone in on not making their messaging all about them, but making the message about your clients, putting, the, putting your client as the hero of your story. And so as she and I went through that, and I give credit, like that's one where I'm like, we're gonna follow this process. It works really well. Um, and she just, she, she's like this, we start talking about the values of her business and she's like, I, it's four agreements. And so I was like, I, I need to read it. And then well, I'm sure I'll be incorporating this into many businesses value systems. And so that's, that's what the book's about. It's about value systems. Yes. Yeah. It's a, uh, yes. It's the, um, uh, they call it the practical guide to personal freedom but it's a very simplistic approach and I'm, I'm just starting it. So I unfortunately can't give you the notes version, but maybe if, be, I invited, uh, if I get invited back, I'll, <laughs> I, I can impart the wisdom. I can tell you it will be in my Amazon shopping cart shortly. Um, hey, changing focus is a little bit, focus a little bit, Jim. 
Um, let's think back to when you first started your first business. And I'm curious what advice you would give yourself now, you know, 30 years later, 30 years of experience selling two businesses, being part of the Omnicom family, has standing up Veritas Solutions, you know, looking back and you seeing young Jim starting his entrepreneurial career and path, what, what is some advice you'd give to yourself? Yeah, that's, um, that is such a great question, um, Greg. It, it is I, certainly the first thing that comes to mind is that focus on surrounding yourself with great people and creating a great culture and with equal drive, be focused on the financial success of the business because you will not survive without it, obviously. Um, but, but again, with equal measure, being focused on what are you doing? What, what, what are you doing as a team? How are you taking care of each other? What, what, are, what, what are we producing? And, 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 and making it really a lot about, about culture. The, the young me was an incredibly, incredibly driven person, but my drive manifested itself in 20 hour days, seven days a week for many, many, many years. And I could do it. I had the energy to do it. Um, I had the I had the drive to do it. I had the will to do it. But I also believed that that was the only way to do it. I, I honestly believed that the only possible way to success was to simply work at that at that level. And the, you know the the fifty year old me looks back and says, "Boy, like that's not a healthy way to do it." And and I used to drive my team to do the same. You know, it's like, hey, we're you know we're working all weekend this weekend. We're we're doing the twenty hour. 20 hour days and that's how we that's how we judge ourselves and the truth is like it's it's unhealthy long term it's also unhealthy short term for the business you are not doing your best work if that's the environment that you're working in and and you owe it to yourself to to find a way through that kind of tactical focus to get a, to get back to the strategic and back to the the sort of team the team environment sure Sure. So, so diving in a little bit deeper on the, the team environment and kind of bringing it back to present day um, with the pandemic, with being remote, with all these things that we've been talking about for the last two years, how has that dynamic changed in, in our ability to build healthy teams when we're not always face-to-face -face or going out for lunch or, you know, the way, way we used to socialize? I Thank you. I love that question. It's one of my favorites um, because it's, I think it's just so important. You know, what the pandemic did for us, I believe, from a business perspective, is humanized us in all the right ways. When we are on Zoom calls for a year or two years straight and the dog is barking and the kids are running into the camera um, and you're taking a bite of food because you're in between calls, like that, like, that is called real life and we all have it. And I believe that the whole concept of work-life balance is, is a complete misconception. I just think mm -hmm. there's life and you ought to be focused on life and all, especially for an entrepreneur. Um, and all of these things need to, to find balance and blend together. But what, what I think the pandemic did for us was allow us to see that, hey, by the way, like I can, I can see my team member and he's got you know, two kids on his lap and he's in the middle of sort of a crisis. And it's like, hey, like you need to go take care of that. Go take care of it. Let me. I'll cover the meeting for you, kind of a thing. And 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 prior prior to being able to really see that and 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 see the kind of 
real life, everyday struggles we all have to deal with. Um, you know, it was, we, we, we were in an environment that was a little bit more robotic. Like I'd show, you know, you show up at, at eight o'clock in the morning at work, dressed a certain way, pretending like everything's gonna be okay for nine hours and you're just gonna be there to work, you know, the, or your eight hour day. Um, and then we're gonna go home and we're supposed to leave all that behind. And that's when we're gonna take care of the kids. And we all know for a fact that that is not how it works. And what I, what I love about as we come out of this is the acceptance that, you know, we don't all have to be in the office all day, every day. We can, we can you know, we, we also, we don't have to all dress the same. We, we, can, we can actually add some individuality to our day. And if, you know what, if you need to make a grocery run at two in the afternoon, go, go do the grocery run. Cause that's just as important as anything else you're doing. Quite honestly, it's probably more important. And the work will be there when you get back. Let people work the way they wanna work. And again, I think you're gonna find, you know, your business runs a lot more successfully. Yeah, that's powerful. Yeah, one, of the, one of the things just to add on to that, that I found through the pandemic is it, it changed my value of time. Meaning, you know, if I'm in a one hour meeting and I can carve out the last 10 minutes and give that time back to everybody, there's 10 minutes of things I could do. If it's, you know, making sure my kids were doing their work online or, you know, setting up dinner for the, for that evening, or like just a, instead of sitting there through that full 60 minutes, just because that's on the calendar, you know, the pandemic really helped me value, okay, well, if we could do this in 35 minutes, then everyone's got 25 minutes back in their life. And it just has made me operate a lot more efficiently um, when it comes to those things. I think it's extremely well said. I think it, it, it reminds me of, the, of the, the concept of the commute, right? I used to commute. Yeah. I mean, there are times where I was doing two hours one way, hour and a half one way. Certainly in the DC market, we know that even though DC is eight miles from Old Town, <laughs> you pick the wrong time of day and that's, you know, you're going to be 60 to 90, you know, 90 minutes getting in town. Multiply that, you know, multiply just an hour commute one way. So we've got two hours a day times the number of employees you have and imagine what we can do with that time. Now, that isn't to say that I believe all work, all work should be remote all the time. There is, I'm, I'm an incredible introvert and, and even I recognize that there's a tremendous need for, for human connection and being in the same room. Um, and, and we need to do that, but we ought to pick our moments um, for that. And really honestly derive the value out of, hey, if we're all gonna be together, what, what can we accomplish that isn't a running down a to-do list of, of you know, today's items that, that can be done on a Zoom? Yeah, yeah, and as you think about you know, today's leadership style, that's, that's a big difference than where we were five, 10 years ago, right? It's, it's being able to recognize when the team needs to be together and being able to recognize when it's okay for us just to do our work to get our work done. Absolutely, absolutely. And it also has to do with, again, going back to kind of managing to individuals and individual styles. You know, you take a team of, of like hardcore developers and you're gonna do all of these like in-office events and you're gonna try to find all sorts of ways to get them to engage and, and pull them together in these social, and I'm not saying I'm not making it a stereotype across the board, but for the most part, you know, the really senior technical guys are like, I'd really just prefer to sit and code. <laughs> um, you know, whereas, you know, folks that are in more of an HR role or a client facing role, uh, they wanna do those things. And you need to, you know, you need to allow for all of that um, because they're individuals and, Again, the more you make it about what can I do for you as a leader versus the other way around, 
I promise you the results are, are exponentially better. Awesome. Awesome. So shifting gears a little bit, Jim, tell us a little bit about your background, like where you grew up, you know, how you, how you came from uh, the past 50 years. <laughs> yeah. So how much time do we have? Right. Um, <laughs> I'll give you the cliff notes, cliff notes version for sure. Um, I grew up in the area. I'm actually, I'm a, I'm a DC local, which is, which is rare. I grew up in Rockville, Maryland. Um, and it's interesting as, as I was thinking about this podcast and, and talking to you and, and sort of the background, you know, I have always been focused on work. It's, it's, it's remarkable to me to go back to 13 year old me uh, going to uh, middle school and right across the street was a Carvel ice cream store. And my first day as a 13 year old, because that was the youngest you could be to get work from it. First day I turned 13, I went over to the ice cream shop, asked for a job. The guy said, you can clean the windows. And, and I was off, off to the races. Um, I, I, I went from, I did that every day after school, worked my way up to being manager. Um, and this will definitely date me to uh, two doors down was a video rental store. Um, and I'll, I can pause to let folks that are listening, figure out what a video rental store is. If they don't remember, <laughs> but, um, and, and so I actually started managing both shops and then, uh, and at the same time was writing for writing an article for, for the local newspaper. So, you know, I, I, I say that because my focus, I like, I've always enjoyed work. Um, for me, it was a way to, to, to not focus on school because I didn't enjoy school. Um, and so I could, I could at least point to, to the, all the work I was doing outside of school for, to, to make excuses for my sort of average grades, but, but I digress. Um, and, and, and in college, my, fir like my, um, my first job when I was in college, I got an internship with a tech startup. And that's really where the entrepreneurial bug kind of hit me and the light bulb went on that, you know, this is very different than having a job. This is building a company and, and I want to build things and I want to be part of things like that. So, um, you know, that's, that's, what, that's what started the ball rolling for me and Direct Impact, which was my first company. Uh, and I was a senior in college when my partners and I started that. And so mm -hmm. I went right from graduating college to, hey, like, let's, let's get this done. Um, my, my, my old partner, um, who he and I are um, still still close and still talk to, he loves to tell the story because, you know, the business could afford to pay me five hundred dollars a month when we had that kind of cash in the bank, um, and so, um, but but that's the point, right? I had friends getting out of college, and you know, they're getting jobs for, you know, x x amount of thousand, you know, getting getting these contracts for these big jobs, and and I was everyone was sort of looking at me like, you know, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. And I always knew. I knew I I knew inside like like this is what I want to do, um, and and this is going to really really be my my career path. And so I'm I've been very very blessed. Um, I had amazing business partners and even 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 more amazing teams that um, you know really did just remarkable remarkable things. And I am completely blessed to have had them um, and and helping me in in my journey. Well, I, I hope those partners and those team members get a chance to listen to this podcast and, and hear you say that, because I suspect um, they don't hear it as often as they need to. And so we'll, we'll make sure we'll, we'll get a copy over to them. Um, so a couple more questions, Jim. Uh, looking forward, what, what excites you about the future? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about, you know, actually what you just what we were just talking about in terms of post-pandemic, what does work look like? And what are the changes that are that are that are coming that we can't predict? 
right? I think it's fairly safe to say like, look, you know, we're not gonna go back to the pure in-person nine to five, but there's more, there's more to be learned here. Um, and, I'm, and I'm really excited about sort of seeing that. I'm, I'm, I'm someone who really, uh, I, I love change. Um, I love to see things evolve um, and, and I love to be part of those kinds of things and help kind of figure out the puzzle. And so I'm, I'm really excited about what's next. And again, like what we can't predict. Um, I find this, the, the concept of like, hey, what's, what's around the corner um, to be exciting and motivational. And we all try to kind of peek around that corner. It's, it's, um, that, that's, that's certainly an exciting space for me. Um, and I'm really excited about growing Veritas. I've, I've just been, I have been so lucky to have these amazing clients and the amazing amount of trust that they put in me to help them on their journey. Um, and it's a great way to wake up in the morning, sort of feeling that mm -hmm. level of appreciation. And again, making it all about like, hey, what can I do to help you? And that is so empowering for the person helping um, that, that you, can't, you can't put a dollar figure on it. It's just, it's, it's really fantastic. So just, just jumping into Veritas a little bit more, um, you know, there's client engagements and then there's partners in which you either have doing similar work and you're all underneath the same roof um, or there's other consultants out there that you work with from time to time. Is there any gap that you see in your offering that you, that we could use this podcast as sort of a calling card of saying, Hey, you know what? I'm really in search of an HR specialist or a widget maker, anyone in your ecosystem um, that you're looking to, to fill some gaps. Absolutely. Always. Right. Because I feel like, you know, I, I have an amazing team of, of folks that I surround myself with. And, and, and Greg, I certainly consider you to be, to be one of them, you know, in the finance space, um, you're one of the best I've worked with. And I'm not just saying that because this is your podcast, um, but, um, and, well, and say that know, again. Sorry. Yeah, right, right. Is that clear? Um, and, um, and in fact, you know, uh, you know, several months ago, I kind of gathered that sort of inner circle together to sort of say thank you. And also for them to be able to, to meet one another, to be able to share kind of core competencies across, across these groups. And I just believe that the more I can add to that, the better. Um, I certainly think that sort of the, the tactical areas of, you know, cr of creative, of finance, of, um, of people management, um, are, are all areas where, where I'm looking to grow. But it also, I also would really welcome um, additional sort of strategic thinkers with similar backgrounds to myself. Some, I think some people would look at that as, as a competitive mistake. Um, I don't believe that it's a competitive mistake. I believe we only make ourselves better when we find the right people and work together. And, and when, when, it's, when it's cooperation, uh, I, I've, met, I've been lucky to meet a lot of people that do very similar kind of business consulting work that I do. And to a person, they all have, obviously they all have a very different background. Some of them have very different approaches and I will refer work to them and vice versa. Cause it'd be like, I like to look at something and say that, you know what, this is a really great fit for what they do versus what I do. And you, you, you will always, always, always find your business successful when you're doing, doing the right things by the client versus, hey, I, I just really want to close this contract. Certainly. Yeah, and I can speak from experience that working with you is, is fantastic. Um, so all those things you just say are true. Um, so just to close up, Jim, um, audience members are curious to find you. What's the best uh, platform? Are you 
a LinkedIn person, a Facebook person, or you email, like what's the best way to get in touch with you? I, I appreciate that. I, I definitely, I definitely am an email person. Um, I li- I have my phone with me all the time. It's a habit that I have, I have not been able to give up. Um, <laughs> all the books will tell you that it is no no way to live. Um, that's one that I I have I I can I can preach but don't practice. So um, my um, uh, happy to, to give the the email address um, which is Jim at Veritas Solutions Inc. dot com. VeritasSolutionsInc.com. Also very easy to find on LinkedIn, and I'm and I'm fairly responsive on LinkedIn. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm checking it a couple of times a day for sure if that works for folks. Um, so, so both of those are are great. I don't I don't tend to be on any of the other social platforms. Um, I just sort of I think the, the business focus of LinkedIn seems to be the one that works best from my perspective. Wonderful. Yeah, and we'll definitely share all your uh, details in our show notes. So. If anyone that, that's listening um, cares to find, we'll, you can go on to the impactfulleadershipshow.com. We'll have our show notes. We'll have recordings. We ask that you share it. If you like, if you learned something new today, um, please tell others so they can learn something new. And Jim, it was great to have you. I really appreciate your time. And I loved your focus and attention around people and culture and the importance of building a creative, healthy team. I think that's, those were impactful, impactful messages. Excellent. Well, I, I definitely appreciate the, the platform and, and being able to talk to you and look forward to, um, to seeing you soon. Yeah. Actually in person, like real people. <laughs> <laughs> Remember those days? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, thanks, Jim. We'll talk to you soon. And that's a wrap, my friends. Thank you for spending your time with me. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at impactfulleadershipshow.com. One last food for thought. Walk on with hope in your heart and you'll never walk alone.